0: Right now, I am in one of my few moments of clarity. This occurs three times a day, just before and just after receiving my medicines. It used to only last for a minute or two. Now, I have nearly 30 lucid minutes at a time. It seems that I am habituating to the effects of the drugs. That is, with continued use, the medicines are becoming less and less potent. They tell me the medicines are to get me well, but I know the truth. They want to make sure I don't remember. Or if I do, make it so nobody would ever believe me. It is a window in time that gives me a chance to think. Given my predicament, this is both a blessing and a curse. I have been masking my alertness from my captors for fear they will increase my dosage and I'll be a vegetable again. Today, for the first time in what has been a year since I entered this facility as a patient, They are allowing the medical students to interview me. They think it'll be a good learning experience for the student. I've been a model patient thus far, so they're giving me this opportunity. My former patient, Jake, is still here. He doesn't associate with me too much, though. I'm not sure if it's because I am so drugged or because he doesn't want to risk his own chances for freedom. There is a knock on the door to my room. For all practical purposes, it is a jail cell, but it is home now for me. Peter, a large African-American male who happens to be one of the nicer orderlies, appears in the doorway. Danny boy, it's time to meet your first medical student. This is a big day for you, sport. He motions for me to come closer, then gently grabs the front of my shirt, gives a light tug towards the doorway, then presses his hand between my shoulder blades, nudging me forward in the direction of the common area. I shuffle over to an open chair to await my student. Peter walks over to Sherry, a friend of mine from college, and escorts her to my table. I can't believe my luck. Good, this time. I try not to act too excited. In fact, I show no emotion. I don't want anybody to realize that, for the moment— I'm rational. He makes the introduction. Hey, Danny, this is your medical student. It is important that you cooperate or else you will lose this opportunity in the future. If you act out, the session will end abruptly. Do you understand? During the whole introduction, I stare at the ground, and I make no indication of our previous friendship. Then I look up at Peter and nod my acknowledgment of his admonitions. For once, I have hope. If I can tell her my story and get her to believe me, maybe I can find a way out of here and back to my life. If anyone would believe me, she would. Maybe the fates are sending me some good fortune for a change. While it appears as though I am staring aimlessly, I am actually plotting my next move. It'll be pretty easy to surreptitiously scribble a note on a piece of paper. So I decide to write her a note and slip it to her the next time we meet. And if she's willing, I'll tell her the whole bizarre, pathetic story. Her father's a well-connected businessman. If she believes me, maybe he'd help me. I know it's a long shot, but it's the only chance I've got. Sherry sits down on the one-piece scooped bottom plastic chair with slightly rickety metal legs that click as her weight shifts. I glance up at her facial expression, and her raised eyebrows and occasional biting of her lower lip make it obvious to me that she has mixed emotions about seeing me here. She alternates between surprise and pity. Sherry holds the fact sheet that I, myself, was given a few years ago that told me all about my patient, Jake. Gently placing the papers on the table, she asks me, "'Danny, is that you?' I want to answer her so bad. I want to tell her everything. I simply rock back and forth in silence. I have no choice. They are watching me closely. I guess you're too out of it. You don't remember me.